Welcome to this marketing edition of B2B Nation, part of the Technology Advice Podcast Network. Today on the show, we have Maureen Flaherty, an email marketing and campaign specialist at Pardot. Thanks for joining the B2B Nation, Maureen. Yeah, definitely. And I know just as some background, um, I'm the email marketing campaign specialist at Pardot. So I work with lead nurturing and kind of different various email campaigns on a daily basis. Um, and with lead nurturing, we use it in a wide scope of programs, um, both both on the marketing end and on the sales end. So yeah, so I mean, I would just say lead nurturing is very important for us. Um, I know one of your initial questions was, should every lead be nurtured? Um, and for that, how we base that is really based on where a specific lead or contact is in the buyer cycle. So with that, if someone comes in and they specifically, you know, want to talk to sales, they're requesting a demo, that's when we put it in, really in the hands of the sales team and enable them. So lead nurturing still comes into play because with um, the program that we have with Pardot, we can actually build out a nurture program for email where email can come from that sales rep. So let's say someone is discussing, you know, a specific product with the sales team and the sales rep decides that they're not exactly ready to buy at this time, but maybe, you know, six weeks from now they will be. They then have the power to put someone on a, you know, pre-built nurture campaign that us on the marketing team have already created for them. Um, and then on the flip side for the marketing team, if someone comes in and they're maybe, you know, converted on a thought leadership piece of content, maybe they haven't interacted with us as much as we would like, that's when we build out a marketing nurture program that allows them to really move down the funnel. Um, so if someone converts, someone might, let's say, an email marketing ebook, well, email marketing is a huge part of our company, but it's not the only part of our company. So great that they're interested. What else can we share with them that also interests them? We will send out maybe a blog post or a piece of research, and then from there, kind of move them down to the funnel. So then maybe later, once we see that they've started converting and engaging with us a lot more, we might share a little bit maybe lower the funnel piece of content, like a buyer's guide or something specific to our product. Yeah, uh, just to play devil's advocate, and this is more of a personal curiosity than anything else, but is there any research or anything around um, maybe nurturing someone and having them sort of drop out of, of the funnel um, out of sort of frustration from, for example, I think I signed up for like a Coke email or something one time. I'm a big Coca-Cola fan. And that sort of like I got like a million emails a day, and that was incredibly frustrating for me. And not that I don't buy Coca-Cola anymore, but that sort of was a, a negative experience for me. Is there any sort of research around that sort of interaction and maybe like the amount of, of information that you should be sending to someone that you're nurturing? Yeah, I, I won't say any stats off the top of my head because I don't want to say them inaccurately. Um, but I think it, it is something that you need to test and figure out. If, and that's where I think engagement rates come into play. So as an email marketer, if you're looking at your email sends and you're sending out emails, you know, every day and you're seeing a huge increase in your unsubscribe rates and your engagement rates are dropping radically, that's when you need to stop and figure out, you know, what is that time frame that is the, um, the best for your program. And so that's where we kind of take a look and we don't send, I mean, we don't send emails out as often as you're explaining with the Coke emails because we want to make sure that every email that we're sending out 
and every email within our lead nurturing program is being as effective as possible. And we know that everyone is getting a ton of emails from every other different type of product and business. So you really want to try to make yours stand out. And I think that's really where it comes. Um, it's very important to pay attention to kind of those reports of your email program. And then making an email stand out, I mean, obviously much easier said than done, um, but are there sort of any best practices that you guys like would recommend? I mean, is it just putting a ton of you know thought into the title of an email or what would you sort of advise someone who is looking to get the highest engagement rate possible on an email? Yeah, so what we found really successful with our kind of nurture email programs is to make them very conversational, especially maybe in the subject line. Um, so let's say we're holding an event or a webinar and we're sending out a piece of content for follow-up, something as simple as just following up or thought you might find this interesting, those get really high engagement rates and open rates for us rather than maybe like a very um, drawn out, all capitalized, you know, subject line that seems a little bit more marketing focused. So that's something that we kind of recommend, and it makes it more conversational too, just especially when they're coming from maybe a sales rep um, or just a marketing team member. I love that, and I think that's that's a perfect example. And you obviously, you know, as a brand, want to be much more than just like you said, you know, throwing out marketing information at someone. You want to start a conversation, and you know, become. Uh, so much more than than just a another company trying to sell something. So, uh, real quick transition into uh, personas. I mean, is this something? Are personas something that that you guys recommend to people who um, you create these email campaigns? Uh, I mean, basically, what are the pros and cons of using a uh, persona instead of maybe basic segmentation? Um, yeah, no, personas are very important to us, especially in terms of scoring and grading. That's really where that comes into play. So right from the get-go, we encourage people to figure out who their buyer persona is because that really allows you to set up a successful scope of who you want to pass over to sales and what criteria they need to follow. So, for example, if someone comes in um, for us and they let's say our key persona is maybe a marketing manager and they hit that persona – that that's the type of person that we would first send over to our sales team because they're more qualified than someone who's not on our target buyer persona list. And in addition to that, I would like to talk about scoring. And so that's where we really believe score comes into play as well because it's not only important about who they are, but also what they're doing and the type of activity they're having with your business. And that's how you can really tell what the score means and how much you can get a huge amount of insight into the um, actual contacts based off of that. Because if they're interacting with your website and they're downloading content, then their score increases and that creates a key alignment between your marketing and your sales team. Oh man, I had another question, but you just mentioned the alignment of sales and marketing, which I think was going to be sort of the overarching theme of this podcast we're creating. So I'll jump into that real quick. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah w- what would you say? Could you just explain that a little bit more? Um, how can you use a an email marketing solution to really help, uh, you know, dive in and, and refine how those two, you know, segments are interacting in a company? Absolutely. So 
sales and marketing alignment is a key message that we actually have at our company. Um, and it all starts with just kind of the functionalities in our email program. But to talk a little bit more high level is where we kind of bring in that, that scoring and grading model. Because that, on the marketing side, that allows your marketing team to figure out who your buyer persona is and what they're doing and get a scope for who is the most qualified to go over to sales. And so once sales has that information, they don't have to cold call. They know that the lead that they're getting is qualified and has already been engaging with your product. Um, and so it just creates a much clearer line of, of conversion and lead test. Um, and it also really opens up the floodgates to com conversation and communication between the teams because now you have the means to figure out who is this person that we both agree need, we need to be selling to and marketing to and what is the type of content and the type of messaging that really is resonating with them. Um, and both teams can really align on that and figuring out what they know and passing that information along. So as sales is having those conversations, they can have a really big grasp on what is key information for contacts and pass that information over to the marketing team. And then marketing can use that message and those resources to then get the leads that they need to then pass over to sales. So it really is kind of a constant flow of communication and alignment. Love that. And it, would you say that the lead score is sort of the most important metric um, in trying to nurture someone because that you can also, uh, you know, sort of combine sales and marketing within the lead score? That's sort of something obviously that would impact both of them. Uh, so I guess the question is, uh, is lead scoring more important than maybe uh, engagement rate or open rate um, because it does sort of touch those two segments, sales and marketing? Well, well it's, it's actually looking at a different a different way, like the activity and the engagement builds your score. So I say that, yes, the score is important, but all of that builds up into the score. So it, that's what that's how you kind of get that score is by engaging with content, coming to the website. It's all of that prospect activity that's already there. Um, and equally important really is the, um, the grade or what we call a grade. So what is their buyer persona? Um, if they're coming in and they're your key buyer persona, make sure you're targeting them with messaging and content that's specific to what they do and what is relevant to them. Is there an ideal number of stages in a funnel that you guys have discovered? How many do you have at Pardot? I think it varies between company. I mean, we look at it kind of in the big three, so top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel, but of course there's people that fall in between all of those. But to, we kind of have our own um, process for what we do with each of those people, but I think helping even for starting companies and people who are just new with lead nurturing and marketing automation and those types of functionalities, it's really helpful to just start high level and kind of maybe just do bucket it into the three different categories and figuring out what is the lead process and what is the path for each of these and how do you move people from one stage to the next. Gotcha. And then in terms of targeting content at those, I guess, the three different stages in your case, is there a best practice or a uh, something that you would recommend to someone in trying to figure out the type of content that you should use to target those folks? Yes. Yeah, so, it, for I mean, an example is if um, maybe someone in marketing comes in and they convert off of a, an ebook on social media, um, what you can do is set up a nurture program so that it's based off of that specific type of content or maybe content similar. So now you're sending out resources about the latest news and headlines in the social media marketing world. And then maybe the next email, you open it up to something close, but not, maybe close, but not 
totally related to social, like email. And you can also include paid advertising. So kind of keeping the same topic um, and just letting the program kind of fulfill itself and the different mm-hmm. types of pieces that you're sending them. Fantastic. I love that. And then I think I think that was everything. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can talk again soon. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Also, thank you so much to our listeners for following along. To find out more about BAB Nation, check out our website, technologyadvice.com. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening.